you can download that will add it to your calendar. Um, I'm not going to do that right now as I have a very busy calendar. Um, and then you're going to go ahead and click the link when it's time. Click it. And I'm going to go into the waiting room. So here you'll see you're all set. Your appointment will start shortly. Um, oh, no, I think you're still sharing your, uh, your email. You might have to switch over to your, uh, your web browser, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll have to just go ahead and reshare again. So can you guys see my browser now? Sure can. Okay. Yeah. So I clicked that email and it took me right to this uh, waiting room. Um, and here you can see you're all set. Um, it'll have information like that you can read while you're waiting and links to um, cover Virginia. And um, from this waiting room, uh, I guess we'll pass the screen back over to Jay um, because this is where he will then see that I am active and checked in and, and ready. So thanks for showing that piece, Mark. Um, was there a question? I do have a question. Well, uh, a comment. Do you want to talk about um, if you are the person who is setting up the meeting that you don't get the Outlook um, invite where you can add it to your calendar um, automatically? Um, and I understand that feature is coming. So, um, what we actually did was, and, and this will be on the next screen, um, we added a link to the appointments where you can just add it to your calendar from our, um, from our appointments management page. So um, I was planning on covering that next. Um, we do not send out a notification to the host. The notification um, only goes to the attendees. So um, in order to add it to your calendar, you would need to log into our site and then um, find the appointment on our management page and then click the calendar icon that should download the calendar event. So, um, so yeah, I'll go over that in a little bit more detail on the next page, um, but good question. Or comment, I should say. We do have a question here and I may pull on Chris or Louie for this one. She said, is there a solution if individual attendees does not have access to a computer or email? So in that case, I'm not sure if this is more of a business process question, if, if you want to call that person directly or if you schedule them to come into the office still. Right. Is, is uh, Carla, is this for somebody that's wanting to use a like a mobile phone or to dial in? If that's the case, then um, there there is a mobile phone that would allow for connectivity using a smartphone. Um, and if there is a, a call number to dial in, um, I believe there's a phone number that could also be set up and they could dial in and just use the, an actual phone line. Definitely. The WebEx application okay. that goes back to back with Cloverhound services has the meeting information along with the phone number, uh, but then that you're calling a number that's not within the Cloverhound portal. Just wanted to clarify that. And we actually do um, 
display that call-in number and access code in the waiting room, which after I um, start the appointment, then I was going to pass it back to Mark and, and he can show you where that information lives in the waiting room. So if attendees check in through our system and they don't have access to um, video capabilities, they can get the call-in number that way. Um, but in addition, that is also in WebEx. So when you start the WebEx, you can see it in your, your actual appointment info. The okay. Only, sorry, the only other thing for you, Carla, though, if they don't have any sort of email, I guess, Chris, right. you all have any plans? Because right now we send out the notifications and the link to be able to access via email right now. Is there any other way? I mean, you would be able to pull the URL for this person and share it, but I'm not sure. It would definitely be a bit of a long URL. So I don't know if that's something you want to think through business process wise. If someone truly does not have an email, maybe they may not just be good candidates for doing any sort of virtual appointments, but completely up to you all. Carla, were you trying to say something? I saw you. No, no, I was just trying to address that question because a number of clients will tell me, oh, my email is not working right now, or I've forgotten the password, I haven't figured it out. So they have access to a computer, they may not have access to their email. So it sounds like that we're limited to those folks that can't or don't have email will be in-person appointments. We can um, we can take this offline and uh, try and address this in other ways. But yeah, right now at this point, we're trying to allow everything via um, email and or through the phone. So uh, it should be possible, but. Um, I haven't seen that part just yet, and I apologize. We might see something on the WebEx platform that I can show you all where we can bypass all of that, actually. And I'll show you that here a little bit. Yeah. If they have a working phone, yeah, definitely we may be able to. So once Alex shows you that, it may help with some of those further discussions. Um, let's see. If you scroll up, I did post the URL for what external users you see and what internal users would utilize for logging in. Again, a reminder, not everyone is set up. So I do, Fran, I do see your message. Um, our system would not actually send out a six digit code. I'm not sure if that's, do you guys have MFA set up on WebEx for some users? Do you know, Chris? Okay, no? Okay. So Fran, if you- Yeah, I think it- Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Angelica. Oh, I was just going to mention that quickly. Uh, if you you can cut and paste, if you go to this uh, link pop up here, you can cut and paste this URL into a text message. Um, that is, they would be able to join from a, a uh, mobile browser as well. Um, the important caveat to that is they need to make sure that they have access to the WebEx mobile application. Um, so that's a key step to being able to join. Um, from your phone is you need to download the either the Android or iOS WebEx app. And then um, once you log into your waiting room, you can join uh, the same way that Mark is going to. Was there something, sorry, go ahead, Angelica. I know I cut you off there. No, you're fine. It, it was just back to Fran, just letting, letting you know, Fran, that not everyone is set up. So that's likely where you're getting that. If you continue once we get all users set up and you get another issue, um, we can definitely address that later, okay? So anybody trying to log in, you will likely get an error today. Um, we'll send out a communication when all users are set up. Um, we'll be working with Chris and Louie on that later today. 
All right, anything, any other questions before we continue? Uh, I'm sorry, did I hear correctly that the system does do text messages? You have the option to set up text messages. There are additional um, charges with that. We utilize Twilio. Right now, it's only email notifications for appointments at this point. That's something we can enable at a later time. If you want it, I think what Jay was co covering, if you already knew the user's like phone number and they are able to receive text, you could copy over that meeting link and send it to them directly if your team felt comfortable with that. Um, but again, that that's basically a workaround to setting up those text messages and incurring those additional costs. And, and just to be clear right now, as an organization, we we're not using text. So that is something we may explore in the future, but right now we, we, we will not be using the text functionality. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks, Jay. Take it away. All right, so um, the next step, I'll start the appointment in WebEx and then I will uh, show this experience and then quickly show uh, what it looks like on Mark's side once I've actually started the meeting. So you'll probably be familiar with the WebEx launch screen. Um, and then can you see the WebEx start screen? I may need to actually share, um, share my entire screen. So, um, if you've used WebEx, you should be familiar with this screen. This screen uh, allows you to start the meeting, which I will attempt to do here. Um, you see my test user is the host. And then, um, Mark, if you have the pop-up on your screen, I'll, I'll just stop sharing and let you show what the participant, the attendee, would see on their side. Sure, sounds good. Okay, so can everybody see my screen now? So what we have here, um, and you, you didn't miss this, as soon as Jay called the appointment, I get an audible dong, or a noise that'll play. So that way, if, you're, if someone's not paying attention, it will um, notify them that their hearing is, uh, appointment has started. And so here, uh, to answer some other questions, if, for instance, they don't have the WebEx installed or anything, there is the call-in number right here to enter the appointment. Um, so essentially, you just click enter the appointment. And then they can join. And I believe I uh, signed in as a bingo user earlier, so that's why it's showing as, as bingo user here. And uh, that's the whole process, and you can begin your, your meeting. Okay, so I think, um... Alex, if you wanted to step in and just talk a little bit about the WebEx experience and what the in-meeting experience is like, then we can shift back and I can show maybe some other uh, features on the site that would be useful. So yeah, I'll pass it over to you. Thanks. Definitely. What's going on, everyone? Um, so I think the first thing, we were talking about that experience, right, when you get pushed into the meeting, either as the attendee or as the host. Um, one thing I wanted to share as well, I'm going to show my screen. Um, for some of you, you might notice the different options here. Now, if you look at my screen, when I'm in a meeting, um, I always have my cell phone. It calls my cell phone directly, right? So whenever I jump into a WebEx meeting, um, I have my video taken care of and I've got my audio. But if you use your cell phone, 
Um, notice how a lot of people will use computer audio, and if you use computer audio, you might hear, you know, like during the meeting, your your audio is going to drop off, right? You might hear like garbled audio, uh, and that's all because of the bandwidth from the actual internet that's not able to push all that information through. So just as a best practice, if you know it's going to be a long session, um, or you just need to be a, to be flexible, I would always use the call in option or the call me. And if you click call me at, you literally just type in your cell phone number, WebEx calls you and you answer. And it's great because if you have AirPods, right, you can literally walk around, turn your camera off, grab some water real quick, and then come back to your meeting. Um, and, and nobody will know you're not really necessarily tethered to your actual computer itself. Um, so that's like the biggest part I feel like is a lot of times people have internet issues where they're cutting in and out and the, the voice, and that's mostly attributed to using computer audio versus the call me at or call in features. Um, but once you do that, you should be fine. Um, now, once we're in the meeting, right, so I'm going back to our actual screen here, there are a few things to be cognizant of, especially as either the host, and that's kind of where I'm going to start for now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share the meeting window. So you guys might see like a meeting in a meeting right now, so don't be alarmed. <laughs> um, so like right now, right, and I'll go ahead and move it onto my face here. Get Jay off there. <laughs> Oh my God, and I'll show you a little trick here. So this is actually a great uh, example. Some of the people were asking, hey, you know, um, how do I make sure I see the right people during this meeting all the time, right? Maybe I have like five or six different people and I only want to see myself or the patient or whoever's supposed to be on the other side. Um, if I click on stack, so if you notice this layout button will sometimes uh, appear or reappear depending on where you're located on your screen. But when I click on layout, I can click on stack and what I'll do is I can remove my active speaker so that it's just me, right? And I'll pick on my buddy Chris, right? So if I want to drag and drop Chris, he's my patient, right? Drag and drop Chris, <laughs> he's going to stay there no matter what, right? So if I'm sharing content, Chris and I will always be front and center, right? Which is amazing because sometimes if you're in platforms, like somebody might jump in and out of screen, they're not talking, and then somebody else will kind of shuffle in. No matter who is talking, we've got like 60 people on this call. No matter who is talking, only Chris and I will show up on the screen at one time. Uh, and that is done again by going to layout, stack. Um, I would, I'd remove the active speaker and just as intuitive as the platform is, I am literally just drag and dropping people's icons onto the screen. You know, and I can just hit that remove button and kind of unpin them. So you're basically pinning videos uh, to your actual presentation itself. Um, so that's probably one of the, the, nicest, the, the nicer features of WebEx with the actual video layouts and stuff like that. Uh, any questions on layouts? As a uh, clinician or a doctor or a nurse wanting to be able to see somebody that we're um, meeting with, can you pin mm -hmm. that individual up so that they are up all the time? And how Absolutely. would you do that? Would yeah. be the same way? It, it, exactly, yeah, the same way. So let's pretend again uh, that Chris is my patient, right? So typically, and obviously in, in a situation where it's a one-to-one, -one, their video is always going to be up. But let's just say you have somebody in the background, their video is not on, and actually I'll do this. I'll put Kelly and Chris, right? So like right here, the three of our videos, no matter what, are going to be front and center for the entire the entire meeting. So I can see myself, okay, Kelly. <laughs> so I can see all of us at one time, right? Um, 
And I can even as far as see, I don't think it's probably hard to see, but there's three little lines right there and I can kind of see the crosshairs. I can actually remove those videos. So if I truly only want to focus on us, if there's, you know, five more, more people on there. Um, and that being said, if I wanted to, I mean, I could put a bunch of people on here if I really wanted to, um, just to kind of show you the, the flexibility of the platform that we can just kind of drag and drop people. Uh, and I can even hide people's videos. So again, in a situation like this, I'm even able to hide people's videos who do not um, have their videos on, right? So right now, as you can see, I eliminated everybody on a meeting um, who did not have their actual video cameras on. So that's another option if you really wanted to, but it is, Chris, just as easy as kind of dragging and dropping people once you've changed your layout here. And just in case we missed this, Kate did have a question. If you select the call me option, would other attendees see the cell phone number? They would not. Great question. Great question. So um, here's something fun to, to kind of look at. So if, if you join off of the WebEx, you are actually going to have to log in if you do not even have a, a host account or just even a guest. You'll have to log in anyways, and it'll have like your first name and your last name. Um, but yeah, so like right now you all like can't see, but I'm right here, as, as long as I do what I just did, right? I'm sharing my screen, you can see it. Um, that's the only time you'd ever be in a training environment, you'd be able to see my cell phone number. Uh, at no point would you actually be able to see my cell phone. So if I click on the participants list over here, you notice how it literally just shows up as Alex Garten and it just shows that I'm connected to audio. And I, I can see that Angelica is connected on computer audio and, and most of you all on this meeting are as well, right? So. Great question. Yeah, you definitely have the privacy as well to, to maneuver that. It just kind of keeps you off of the computer audio and just on your cell phone. So, like, your attendees would not be able to see any of these drop downs and stuff for you. They would be able to see theirs, but not you as the host. Great question. Um, so, on the audio, uh, we were talking a little bit ago about how maybe somebody does not have even computer access, right? And maybe maybe a patient is having some difficult is or some issues getting into the actual meeting itself. Something that you can do, and maybe this is like a like a Hail Mary play, right? I can actually click on right here, participant. Now I'm not the host of this meeting, so I cannot do this, which is actually a good a good thing. Um, but imagine I'm the host who is in here. I'm you know starting up this this meeting here. See this button? It's kind of faded. It says invite and remind. If I click on invite and remind, I can actually call my patient in, right? So let's say that, you know, Chris is my patient and is not on the WebEx portion, is having difficulty getting to the meeting. Uh, it, we're eight minutes after, you know, the hour here. We need to get them in the meeting. I can actually go to invite and remind and I can type in their cell phone number or their, you know, home phone or whatever phone number they were given or they gave you all. And you can call them into the meeting. So when they answer that phone, it'll actually bridge their audio into the WebEx portion. So you can just have an audio conversation and at least get the meeting started. And then, you know, if they need to join via the computer, you can go to invite and remind again and send them an email. Um, and it'll actually give you automatically the option to just send them a reminder email. And it'll say, Alex Garten has a meeting in progress. Please go ahead and click this link to immediately join. Uh, so it actually gives you a few options um, to do that. So that, I, I appreciate that right there. I think that's something that's not utilized as much. Um, any questions on the invite and remind or, you know, best practices around audio? 
Awesome. Um, so the next portion I want to talk that we did layouts, we did audio. Uh, I want to cover sharing content, right? And there's a few options for sharing content, um, whether you're sharing screen one or screen two. Um, there have been instances, I'm sure, in the past where you maybe shared the wrong content or um, maybe you're sharing a screen and somebody sends you an email and that pops up. And obviously we know um, with HIPAA, we can't be showing, you know, back, you know, stuff that's on my desktop or documentation that pertains to other patients and whatnot. Um, so as a best practice, if you notice, when I click as um, the host or, you know, someone who's in a position where I can share content, if I click on share, now I'm using two monitors right now. So I have my laptop as monitor one, screen one, and then screen two is going to be my uh, larger monitor on my desk. But what I, what I recommend all of you to do is if I'm sharing a Word document or an Excel sheet or I'm using Google Chrome or whatever application that you are sharing from, I would highly recommend that you just share those applications. Because if, for instance, I share Outlook or, you know, Excel or whatever application I'm trying to do, um, it will not show other items that are popping on your screen. So, again, if Chris were to send me an instant message, hey, man, you know, how about the Wizards or how about the NAS last night or whatever, they would actually not see that. It would show up as like a blurred box, so you don't need to worry about any information. Literally, only the only things that would show up is anything pertaining to that exact program. So, if I were to go share Excel, if I were to actually even drag and drop other windows on top, everybody would only see the Microsoft Excel. And I think we saw that earlier, I believe Jay was sharing, or Matt was sharing something, um, and we didn't see because he was only sharing that one document, so that was perfect um, test there. Uh, any questions about sharing content? There isn't one on sharing content, but Kate, you did ask another question. I'm going to hold on that one because I know Jay will be able to answer it. It's outside of the WebEx, but we'll be able to get that one addressed when we move back to Jay, okay? But great question. Perfect. Um, one thing I will, I will also add, if you notice here, if I click on other applications or even on click on file and share a file, if you have a um, maybe like a PowerPoint or even a Word document, right, that you would actually like the patients to be able to go through on their own, you can go ahead and share a file. And what it does is it actually uploads a copy of that document into WebEx. So that way the patient can actually scroll through a PowerPoint. So if you're on maybe slide 10 of a PowerPoint, they can go back to slide one or on their own. You know, they hit the keyboard and they can actually scroll through the presentation on their own time. Um, which is kind of nice that they have that control and be able to scroll through at, at you know, their own pace. Uh, and same you said about a Word document or any other application, really. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to discuss is the whiteboard. So maybe there's a situation where we need to do a whiteboard between a patient and the physician. Um, I would actually be able to do that as well. I'm going to go ahead and click OK. So this part's not going to be recorded. But if you all notice, some of you, if you go ahead and right-click on the screen and ask to annotate or ask to whiteboard, um, you can kind of pick your own colors and kind of play around and do, you know, whatever, <laughs> like it's a slanty emoji or whatever, whatever you would want to do to be creative, or you can even upload documents as well. So let's say that I had a patient form or an x-ray or anything like that, right, that I would like to show a patient. I can actually share a file, which would be that, you know, PDF or that x-ray, and then do a whiteboard. And instead of me drawing over something like this, I could annotate or whiteboard over that information, and then I could simply click the drop down here and I could save it or just completely get rid of it, right? 
So if it was something maybe I'm working on an activity with a patient or again, sharing an x-ray or whatever you might be doing, um, you can share those and then make sure it's a file saved to your desktop and then send it to that patient later on. Um, so that's another great feature with WebEx um, and, and how to share content and really to interact with content, right? And again, you can see here, it's gonna ask me um, what I'd like to do with that. So let's go ahead and that is fine. Do not wanna save. So any questions about sharing content um, or, or, you know, making sure you're on the right screen and then even the whiteboard sessions? Cool. Um, something to be said though, um, in terms of my users who are using different interfaces and, and that could be the like an Android, uh, an iPad or any kind of operating system really, um, with WebEx, it's gonna be the same type of functionality. So I would have just as much functionality on an iPad um, as somebody who's joined on a computer, even just browser-based, right? So if somebody doesn't have any of these applications, they don't have WebEx downloaded. Um, when they click on those links, if they do not have WebEx downloaded, um, it'll actually just open a URL-based version of that. Um, and then even if they were to open up on their cell phone, a lot of times what it'll do when you try to join the link on your cell phone, it'll open up the Apple Store or the Android, you know, Google Play, and have you download WebEx, but you can definitely bypass those and just use a URL-based um, portion of WebEx if you want to do it that way. Um, so chatting functionality, uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. If you want to look at the chat, you can kind of see here that you all have the ability to either chat individuals, I can see here, to everybody, or I can select certain individuals to chat. Um, that is, you know, just as easy as clicking the chat button here. Now as a host or a practitioner, let's say that you do not want anybody to chat, right? These are functions that you can actually turn off during or before these meetings start. So if you do not want to have access or the, you know, participants to have access, or maybe, you know, Chris and myself, we would like to be able to chat with each other, but not the actual patient. Um, you could also turn that function out on as well. And by doing that, I can go into here. And again, I'm, I don't have permission to do it because I'm not the host, but I would click on participants and you can see here, it says assign privileges. And this is where I would go in and be able to deselect. Do I, do I not want them to share content? Do I not want them to be able to save files um, or unmute and mute and stuff like that, right? And that would also be here as well, which is my next um, portion would be allowing people to unmute themselves um, or to mute people on entry. Uh, those are two features that you can also take advantage of as the host or the co-host, and that's all under participant. Any questions on the chat or any kind of permissions and how to limit those? Perfect. Um, so I will touch on the muting portion real quick. So if you notice, I'm not a host, right? So I'm actually gonna, you know, kind of limited in terms of what you can do or even the co-host. But um, if you find that you are unable to speak, right? Um, so sometimes people get double muted, right? You'll I'm talking and I'm talking, you couldn't hear me. Um, if at any point you are muted um, and you do not have permission, you can always chat the host or you can hover on your name and I can raise my hand icon. And if you're super technical um, and depending on what version you have, uh, it even has augmented reality where I could just raise my hand, it'll scan my hand and then it'll automatically um, raise the hand button icon there. You can kind of see mine popped up a little bit 
just to kind of notify people what's going on. Um, but something to be said, if I am muted and, you know, I need to maybe stay muted throughout the entire time, there's only a few portions where I might actually need to speak up. Um, something you can do, and I'll demonstrate it here in a second, all I can do to unmute, if I'm muted, is hold down the space bar. So I'm going to signify or try to test that right now. So I'm going to hit holding down the space bar. You say it's telling you you're temporarily unmuted, right? So this is, again, I'm just having a quick conversation. And then as soon as I'm done, I let go of the keyboard and I'll be muted. So that is another, um, you know, quick and easy way to interact with the mute functionality. And then as a host, again, if you wanted to mute individuals, um, you click on participants and I can mute all, I can mute everybody on entry and, or I can deselect the allow attendees so that they can't unmute themselves at all. They would actually need to request to unmute. And that is another option as well. Any questions with uh, the muting and, uh, you know, other the audio settings? Now, I do want to um, point out there is some uh, newer pieces of functionality that exist for my call-in users. Um, let's say that I'm only a call-in user, and for whatever reason, um, you know, I am muted, right? So I'm trying to speak to somebody who's literally just called in. They actually cannot see any of the WebEx portions. Um, you would probably know ahead of time because they would actually say call on user um, on the participants list over here. But something you'd be able to do is instruct them, you know, sir or ma'am, if you are muted right now on your cell phone, if you go ahead and hit star six, it will unmute you on the WebEx portion over here. So again, if I am called in just as a call on user, not even connected to WebEx, but on here, obviously I would be muted. If I hit star six, WebEx will chime in and says, you have unmuted yourself, right? And then you would obviously be able to speak. I could hit star six again, and the call on user only would then go back to being muted, and WebEx would signify that. They would actually notify you that, you know, you have been muted by the host, or you have been muted, you muted yourself, and so forth. Um, and in the same fashion, if we're talking about you know, hand-raising icons, um, if I was a call on user, I could actually hit star three, and it'll automatically raise my hand. So that's been a question before. If I have somebody, we have a, you know, a group uh, therapy session and someone is only a call in user, but they would like to speak in or speak up, you would notify, hey, anybody who's just a call in user, if you'd like to speak right now, I can unmute you, just go ahead and hit star three, right? And it'll automatically do this, where it'll raise that hand icon next to the call in user, allowing them to notify the host they would like to speak me being the host, I could go in and unmute that call on user. Um, so great, great pieces of functionality in there. I know that's definitely going to come up uh, if you have people who are in a group uh, setting and people are just on their phones and they can't see WebEx. Um, they would still like to be able to participate, but you're trying to keep the environment quiet by keeping everybody muted. I definitely want to take advantage of that star three option. And it's always nice to let people know that option exists maybe in the first few minutes of your meeting when you're introducing yourself, kind of going over some housekeeping items, um, stuff like that. Uh, any questions around uh, what we just kind of discussed, talked about in terms of you know, muting and unmuting and, and calling users? I was actually going to ask about 
possibly, I don't know if you guys can do it or not later on, to segment this recording into sections where you have controls, how to create meetings, you know, all different segments so people can go back to it easily and revisit. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, it's possible, not possible technical from the recording standpoint, no, not necessarily, but what you can do because this meeting is recorded and I think the the standard functionality exists on on um, uh, Angelica's account, but you would actually see I'm on the search, but like pretend we're in a recording right now, right? You're like in a browser, you can actually see stuff. Um, you can actually search through transcriptions. Um, so again, if I'm trying to, when did Alex say chat? Or when did Alex say unmute? You would actually be able to go in and search through transcriptions, type in mute, and it'll actually take you to like the minute by minute, second by second, where every single time that I said those words, and then you can actually replay that portion of the video. Um, so that that's a great way. Uh, and and to be honest with you, for all of your meetings that you use on WebEx, try to make sure to take advantage of that because it's always fun to be able to go back through your transcription and kind of see you know where you're at and and what portions of the training you need to go to to, to find different pieces of uh, functionality. Keep in mind though a great that uh, we we don't want to be recording any sessions with individuals that are receiving services. So let's skip that part and move on to why <laughs> we're actually doing this, please. Thank you. Correct, correct. Great, great point. <laughs> um, and the last thing that I will um, uh, let you all know: the actual WebEx solution itself can hold up to a thousand people. Um, so if you're wondering about what the capacity was, you can have up to a thousand individuals on the actual WebEx meeting itself. Um, and if you really needed to expand upon that, you can stream it out to like YouTube or um, Facebook or anything like that as well. So that's pretty much um, what I'll leave you with there. Um, any questions on anything that we've covered in, to include, you know, the chatting, participation, um, my video layouts, anything like that? I think that will probably do it. If there's any uh, um, documentation that we might have that we could probably put together or have put together so that we can issue that out to the staff that'll be using this application, that would be helpful. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that other than that, we should be okay. Did anybody have any questions so far? We've got a couple in the chat. Um, one from Kate and Nikki, we're going to address with Jay in a second, but I did want to go to Michelle. I know you sent this to me, um, but I think likely Chris is going to have to answer this. Should we be using WebEx for virtual staff only meetings or just for meetings with clients? And I'm assuming, Michelle, when you say meetings with clients, this is, you know, aka any patients, you would be using that for this. But as far as virtual staff only meetings, um, Chris, are you able to answer that? Yeah, so our expectation is for the um, individuals that are receiving services, this will be the format in, in where we'll be doing this. If it is involved with other staff members and just the staff, then the Teams application is something that you guys can continue to use. So hopefully that answers the question. Perfect, thank you.
All right, Jay, we'll likely kick it back to you because uh, once the WebEx is closed, you're done having an appointment with any of your clients. You'd be closing that WebEx and you'll be going back to your Cloverhound Connect dashboard that we see here. And I'd like to go back to the two questions from Kate and Nikki, if you can answer those for us, Jay. Sure. So um, I will start with the question um, from Kate about um, the who becomes the host. So the way it works on our side is you can see there's this enter appointment button. So um, if you as an alternate host uh, or, or somebody who wanted to take over hosting duties were to click this enter appointment button, what would happen is that you would get added as an alternate or a host or a co-host, which gives you the same privileges as the original meeting host. So the same applies if it was a new appointment and you saw the start appointment button here, even if you were the, not the person who scheduled that, you would be made the host since it's a newly created WebEx. Um, and as far as I know, um, multiple people can start and stop and restart meetings and that those hosting privileges don't change. Um, there are some things on the back end that might change in terms of your permissions. Like if you're not the scheduler of the meeting, you probably wouldn't see that in your WebEx site, even if you were an alternate host. Um, but in terms of the actual um, functionality you would have within the call itself, no, nothing would change if you become an alternate host. Um, in addition, if the meeting host leaves and a, a, an alternate host or a co-host is still on the WebEx meeting, then the co-host would uh, I guess graduate up to being the primary host if they were the only hosting user left on the call. So um, hopefully that answers that question. Um, but if there's a follow up, then just let me know. Um, and so um, I'm just reading through to make sure I didn't miss a piece. Um, yeah, so you don't have to attend a meeting you schedule as long as the person has the uh, ability to see the uh, meetings that you are, are uh, assigned to, then they can start the meetings on your behalf and um, would be either a host or alternate host, depending if that meeting had already been started. Um, so the second question I see um, is about, uh, does the appointment calendar, uh, appointment calendar function save the appointment on the host end have to be done for each meeting schedule? The can the function stay on? Um, so yes, uh, it, it actually does have to be done for each meeting because it downloads a file to your device. And then that, uh, when you open that file, it pops up your calendar application. So I can show that in a minute. Um, I will just quickly, uh, you see, um, since the appointment has started, Mark's status over here has changed uh, to in an appointment and he's, his little status bubble, the status light is red now, uh, showing he's in the appointment. If you were to check out, it would uh, it would change and go back to um, gray. So once I complete this appointment, it actually will drop off the page. And the one button I haven't shown is sending a custom notification, and that will send an email to Mark. So uh, if I show this is a test notification um, that will send with all of the same header and logo and branding, but the text and content of the, of the email will actually just be whatever I sent in here. Um, so once I complete this appointment, it will drop off and Mark will be in um, his waiting room text will change just bas basically just say that the appointment has ended. So I'll do that now, complete the appointment. And 
Now let's move on to the calendaring question because that's on the next page. So if you see at this top bar, I have quite a few more options than you'll see, but you uh, one that you will see as a non-admin user is this appointments tab. So the appointments tab takes you to this, um, basically a, a interface that has a, uh, a the ability to query any of the appointments in your site that you have permissions to see. So um, what you'll see here next to each row, and we have a few that we've been using for testing. Um, and I will just click the one that I created for Mark, which is second to last in the table. And you see there's this little calendar icon. I can zoom in to show that. If you click this, like I said, it downloads an appointment and you click that and it will open your uh, calendar app. I, I don't think you can see my calendar app right now, but it basically just popped up on my MacBook, the, the calendar app. And similarly for any device that uses a calendaring uh, app, it would just pop up whatever your calendar is. So if you're on um, your mobile phone, it would pop up the um, Apple or Android calendaring app. So uh, yes, as I mentioned, since um, it downloads a file, a unique file for each appointment, you would need to click on uh, the individual calendar um, icon for whichever appointment you wanted to add. And I see a few more questions that really seem more WebEx focused. So maybe Alex, you can jump in, um, but I could read them out. Um, so I don't know if you can see them yourself, but the first one was asking if we'll break out room functionality will be enabled in the website site. So Chris, do you know? Um, I will leave. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Alex. No, you're good. No, I was going to say the same thing. I think that's more of like a, a Chris question to see if that functionality needs to exist. Uh, I will say it, 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 you know, you all have access to it in, in terms of your WebEx contract. Um, it's just a matter of if you want those features turned on. Now, of course, it doesn't have to be a, a setting that's like front and center all the time. Like, it, like right now, you can see if you're looking at your screens, you only have mute, start videos, or unstart, and then share, and so forth. Um, the host would be the one who would initiate the breakout sessions, and they're the ones who kind of control it. But you definitely have access to it should you want that. We, I see um, the second. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So we we do. Uh, was this uh, with regards to the breakout function that Conte was asking about? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that is an option for us. That's not something that we actually had planned on doing with regards to um, seeing individuals. Um, the The plan was for us to be able to back out of the, the room or from the meeting and those individuals would be able to stay and maintain and be able to see that they're still in the actual room and then somebody else would be able to come in. We've also got the, uh, the change in the status uh, with uh, same day access and the same day access has got um, several different um, uh, statuses that would be uh, good to walk that individual through the process and allow the our staff to be able to see where they are in that process but as far as breaking things out and breaking groups out if we were to do large groups so say for example um uh, maybe b hop groups um you know that's not something that has been planned and determined at this point but is something that we can look into and then have integrated into the system at a later 
point. Okay, so we'll leave that one for a later date. So Alex, Alex would really be your main contact if you guys do want that functionality. It's within WebEx and that can definitely be turned on. Uh, we have another question from Michelle J. Um, if you have a recurring appointment set up, can you add an additional attendee to just one specific appointment or will that be or will that person be added to the entire series? Um, so in terms of uh, recurring appointments, there's no uh, way to just schedule one off recurring appointment. Um, so it is really one to one. However, you can schedule appointments in advance and um, I, we, I'm not going to go over this for the purposes of the call, but you can actually um, schedule multiple meetings in advance um, in, in various ways. And I think um, that's something we would just need to set up with, with Chris and uh, potentially go over it then. But if you add, for the purposes of the one off meetings, um, there's no way to sort of make them recurring um, out of the box. So. looking through to see if there's other questions. Yes, yeah, so if the hosts would like the appointment added to their own calendar, they create the appointment, then click on the icon next to the date and save to Outlook. Yes, that's, I'll just confirm that that's correct. So. Any other questions, follow-ups from anything? So if you have an ongoing series of appointments and you need to invite a staff member to one of them, can you do that? Yes, you can in invite uh, like each appointment, you can have a separate invitee list that you manage for that. So you can invite somebody to just one appointment in the series if you have a series scheduled. And I don't see any follow-up, oh, thanks, you're welcome. So I'll just continue kind of talking over some of the functionality on this appointments page. Um, so you see, uh, well, first off, there's a, a search bar. So you can search any of these col uh, columns that appear. Um, so if I were to search Angelica, um, you'll see this one pops up. I can do just a partial name, um, Mark. So. This uh, just kind of searches a, a text search for um, any of the appointments within this time range. Also, we have some, uh, so if I clear this out, so it goes back to the original. And so we also have this uh, filtering option. So if you want to filter by multiple criteria, um, I can apply the uh, filter for first name. And then if I wanted to, add a query on top of that. I would just search a um, subset of this. So clearing the filters will remove all of those. So again, going into this, add Mark as the first name, and then you'll see there's your filter here. You can clear all of them. If I were to add two filters, so let's do first name, oops, and I'll add another one for last name. Now it's filtering by both. You can clear all the filters or you can simply clear one of them. Um, it should be the same subset here, but um, it gives you the option to kind of apply multiple search criteria to this list. 
In addition, um, if you want to see more information about an attendee on one of these uh, appointments in the, in the row, then uh, you can expand this attendees view under the resources tab. That will give you the first name, last name, email, phone, the role of the person. I believe in your case, the role will be individual. And you can also see uh, when they checked in. So I'll go back to um, my original appointment that I scheduled, expand the attendees. Um, you'll see that there's two attendees I've never checked in. Uh, Mark has checked in, it shows his check-in time here. Um, so you can uh, use that as kind of a history of, you know, when people checked in, when they checked out and uh, track that that way. Um, and I didn't show this for the entire table, but also you can sort by any of these columns as well. Um, so just kind of a way to quickly uh, change the sort order, you just click any of these column headers and that will change there. Any questions at the moment? Um, I, oh, I see you. Um, does it save the chat in WebEx? Um, I don't believe so, but I'll let um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Clarify. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you you can save the chat, but you as the host would need to initiate that. So you actually have to go to file, save as, and then click chat. Um, now you can remove so that people cannot do that. Um, but yeah, it's not like you know if you if you end this session without saving it, you will not be able to recover the chat. Uh, and then there's another question here: Is there a waiting room? Um, I believe there's kind of dual functionality between Cloverhound and WebEx. Um, and then something you can actually do is let's say, um, let's say Jay jumps into the meeting and maybe he's early. Uh, what I can do is I can actually expel somebody uh, by literally clicking on their, their, you know, right clicking on their name and I can expel them. And then I can also set it up so that there is like an automatic, anybody who joins any of my WebEx meetings, they automatically go to a waiting room and you'll actually see above participants you know, people who are waiting and you can admit them one by one or a whole group of people. So, yeah, in addition to our, our waiting room, which is um, browser based and would somebody would check in, as Alex has mentioned, you can also enable your, your WebEx to add additional uh, steps before somebody is allowed to hop right into the meeting. So just moving on quickly, the, the top right here, you'll see these filters. You can filter by any any time range, um, date and time here. Um, and the uh, last thing I wanted to show on this page is if you need to, for any reason, cancel or change any information about an appointment, you can click on this edit icon here. Um, this is where you would actually reassign to another host if you needed to. So it would show up under their My Appointments tab. Again, if you change the um, the list here um, or the location here, it should uh, change the users that you would see um, associated with that location. So if you are, in my case, I, I'm unrestricted, so I'm able to see all locations. For most users on the call, they would only be able to see a subset of these. Um, but then you could um, move over uh, the appointment to someone else's um, dashboard and then they would be able to just uh, go back and start the appointment 
um, as the host. And they would, uh, in our system, it would also show them as the primary host. I also mentioned, you remember there was a status dropdown on the dashboard. Um, you'll see that this uh, events tab, so right next to the uh, nested attendees for this appointment, there's this events tab and that pops up a view that shows um, basically all the status changes that happened in addition when the uh, appointment was called and when the appointment was completed and then who is the person who completed that action. So this is helpful for tracking. Like if you have one person who's, you know, updating statuses, another person who starts the appointment, perhaps somebody else starts it again and, and you, know, pa you pause it or, or you leave as the host and someone else enters, it would show a history of what happened uh, it, with that appointment. So useful for kind of record keeping purposes. And again, this page allows you to query uh, past appointments as well. So if you want to go back and look at, you know, what, what happened, what, how was this appointment dispositioned, who actually took care of this, uh, but, you know, starting the call, hosting the meeting, you can use this events pop up to uh, illustrate that. Any other um, questions at this time about, um, oh, I see there's one that just popped up. Um, so can you clarify WebEx versus Cloverhound? I'm confused about the relationship. So that's a very good question. Just on a high level, um, you can think of our, our site, the Cloverhound site as a, a wrapper around your WebEx site. So this, uh, so if you log into your WebEx account, you would see all the appointments, all the meetings you scheduled, you would see your site configuration. Um, you would see various options like the call, the call me or the things that Alex was talking about. But what our site gives you is kind of a wrapper around the entire site itself. So it shows you appointments that were scheduled for um, all users associated with the locations that you are um, restricted to. It shows um, the history of appointments. And you, like I said, on this page, you can query past appointments. It allows you to schedule on behalf of yourself, just like WebEx does, but also schedule on behalf of others, transfer meetings between other other hosts and between other locations. So really what our platform uh, excels at is kind of managing the entire site overall, giving you a top, you know, 35,000 foot view of what are what, what has happened in terms of all the meetings on the um, in, in the site and all the users. And also it gives you the um, live, if I go back to the dashboard, return to dashboard tab, um, it gives you the uh, live updating view of attendance. So again, if I just schedule one for my user quickly, so um, in addition to sending out notifications and managing that flow from our site, it also gives you this live updating attended view. You see uh, under the patient row, um, I can see who's ready and waiting, um, who's checked in without even starting the, the uh, meeting or going into WebEx at all. I can see, you know, which meetings have atten attendees who are ready. I can add multiple attendees and that sends them a link and a notification to have them easily check in. Um, so it allows you to manage the WebEx site really without having to go into the WebEx meeting itself. And it allows you to do that for other users, for your own WebEx meetings, for future and past meetings. So it's like, as a, you can think of it as kind of, it lives around your WebEx site, kind of allowing these extra configuration and notification and scheduling options. So hopefully that clarifies and doesn't confuse things. And I know it's, it's a little more complex than that, but that's kind of the general 
um, idea of what our site adds. It adds functionality on top of your website site. Jay, can you, uh, from that My uh, Appointments drop down there in the green bar, can you select um, All Appointments down at the bottom? Sure. And as you can see, that is actually, um, that bottom one is a setup that I did while we've been doing this presentation. And for everyone to see, you can see that there's a green bar that's listed for the um, computer that's beyond behind me. In the same token, um, I'll go ahead and start. So here you'll see just the subset of meetings for this one location. And then uh, this is the one that Chris just started here. Yeah, so I can't join that one and be in, in this one at the same time. But um, uh, once I do, then that would bring the individual in and allow that uh, everyone to sort of work together. I'd also had um, Anwar uh, a shot, expect to invite over to him as well. But unfortunately, we're all connected into this, so we won't be able to show it. But this is where you're going to be able to see um, the appointments. As you can see, the red dot is that the meeting is actually taking place. So we um, need to uh, end that appointment now. But I will. And to just um, address the question that's related to this. Um, Yes, and any employee under the same location can see all appointments at that location, um, regardless of whether they were explicitly added as a host. In order to be added, you um, all you would need to do is either go back to this appointments tab here and uh, reassign it to yourself, which would move it from your uh, your site to, or would I would say move it from uh, the ownership of whoever created it to you, or you can enter any appointment at your location without restriction. So if you can see an appointment on the dashboard, you can also just enter it as the host and, and start it as the host. And that would add you as an alternate um, to the primary scheduler. Great, so um, that is most of what I want to show you. Also, you'll see this delete button. Um, if you delete, it just asks you to confirm that. Um, and if you have already uh, started a meeting, you cannot delete it. Um, that one had not been started yet. Um, just for record keeping purposes, once you've started a meeting, we don't allow you to delete them. Once you have attendees who checked in, we don't allow you to delete them because that, um, th th that information is needed for record keeping purposes. And uh, Jamea Nelson said, uh, is there a way to lock your meeting to keep other people from joining? You can do that once you have started it in WebEx, I believe, and, and Alex and Chris, you can uh, let me know if that functionality is enabled, but I know there's a way to lock a meeting once it's been started so that no one else can can jump in. Correct. Yeah, it's, um, and you can see if you click on meeting, so if you're in the meeting as the host, uh, it should be one of the last tabs besides help. Uh, there's an option that says lock meeting, and what that'll do is it will, if you're the host and you join first, if you want to lock your meeting upon entry, Anybody who tries to join, um, you have to admit them in, right? So if Chris is trying to join and I have my meeting locked, it'll actually say that, you know, Chris is in your waiting room, click admit. And that's a great way. So if Chris and I actually are the physicians, we would like to speak before our patient, you know, hey, the patient's ready, they're early, they're ready to jump in. They've already gone through the Cloverhound um, waiting room, but, you know, Chris and I are still talking we would actually, with our meeting lock, can allow them to come in when we want to. And then also in the same fashion, 
kind of what Chris is explaining with breakouts, you could actually push them back to that WebEx uh, holding space by expelling them and then admitting them back in when we're ready to talk again. Uh, so great question. Yeah, just click on meeting and then lock meeting. And you'll actually see a little key. So if you're unsure if your meeting is locked, um, if we're all looking in the top right corner, you can see like, you know, we're an hour and 30 minutes into the meeting. And then there's a red uh, recording button, some analytics to see your bandwidth. And then there'll actually be another one that's a lock. It's, it looks like a key. And that's how you would know that your meeting is locked. So right now our meeting is not locked, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> So also one thing quickly, if you if you delete an appointment on this screen, it will send a cancellation email to the participants to let them know that the appointment has been canceled. Um, so keep that in mind when you are uh, creating and deleting appointments that um, it does notify attendees automatically to let them know when their appointment is no longer going to take place. Any other questions? I don't see anything in the chat, but that's um, pretty much all the functionality I had to show at the moment. Um, and if there are questions, obviously we can um, revisit some of the areas that I, I discussed already. If um, a lot of you guys probably have uh, received a, an email in order to get set up for WebEx, the email will be coming from the WebEx solution. Please make sure you check your, um, uh, um, deleted items just to make sure it's there. If you aren't getting that information or you're not able to see it, please let us know or reach out to the DIT help desk. Um, they'll be able to make sure that the information is resent to you um, so that you can complete the sign up and uh, get onto this sooner than later. Any questions? Any concerns? Well, we got a couple concerns. That's understandable. We're going to try and address them as we can. Um, we are aware of, of some of them. Yeah, we've got so, oh, friends asking on when uh, folks would have received an email for WebEx access. So it should have. I'm sorry, and I'm going to ask uh, Louie to address that. I know he was working on those accounts, so I'll, I'll defer to Louie. I'm sorry, what is your question? One more time, please. The, the, uh, the invitations and requests for user accounts. So adding users, we can add them. We add them in two ways. We add them through Cloverhound as a user on the portal, and then we will have to request a WebEx account for you. Once once that request uh, goes through, you will see an email that I'm, sh I'm sharing something right now with you guys. I don't know if you can see my screen. You, you get yes. this email from WebEx and this will say activate. So you're gonna click on that. And once you click on activate, your account will be active. And at that point, you're ready to go and uh, you can log in with that account onto your uh, Cloverhound portal. So, but any requests for, if you have any uh, any temps or anybody else that you need to add, please send those requests to us, to um, IT, to uh, uh, both Nina uh, and Chris, uh, let us know and we'll take care of it. <laughs> 
Yeah, any new WebEx accounts, if you haven't received that message that Lewis was just showing there, um, you would want to contact Nina or somebody else in, in your department there, and they will initiate that user ID request, which will go to ultimately to the help desk who will create that account, and then you will get that email. But I believe that they, they, you should have gotten them all by now, but if you haven't, then uh, you want to go through that process. Um, I should mention too, for any problems, you, you'll want to contact, I guess, help desk or Nina. I'm not sure, but you 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 don't want to contact me directly that way because I'm going to get our help desk trained on this to be able to answer questions. There are multiple people there where I'm just a single guy, so <laughs> we'll want to make sure get those in the system. Obviously, they're going to be they'll be routing some to me in the interim. And, um, but uh, that's really the best way to make sure your, your issue is resolved or your questions answered. There was another uh, question with that was uh, related to the rollout date and if there's a sunset for go to meeting. So um, we are trying to transition out of go to meeting. Um, the, this is going to be the, the final solution, at least for the next little while. Um, we are looking at, we, we figure there's going to be a transitional phase. You guys got, you've already got a bunch of appointments that are already set up and go to meeting. Um, what we're asking is to begin, um, transitioning off of go to meeting and transitioning onto WebEx. Um, we, I think a, a two month. Time is a good amount of time in getting transitioned over, but I think initially, if you guys want to just set some tests up with each other and uh, go down that road, you can certainly do that just to practice, but we definitely want to try and transition over to the WebEx solution sooner than later because we're paying for additional licenses. So, right. Any new appointments, right? Yes. Yes. Michelle. So I just want to clarify the order in which we're supposed to be doing this. I created a WebEx account using the invitation I got through email, and I have set up appointments to use WebEx. So I'm I'm just confused, like when I just use WebEx versus I use this um, this other product. So the WebEx. Uh, WebEx and um, Cloverhound, uh, what happened is what probably happened is your Active Directory account or your email has been associated to WebEx specifically. It had, may not have been transported over and brought in to the Loudoun County infrastructure. So we would have to research that and confirm that that's the case so okay because i've been logging into webex but my interface looks completely different than what we just saw today yeah okay it's probably because you're a part of the webex infrastructure and not the branded loudon county mhs ads version i mean i i'm on i went to mhsadswebex.com that's where i go to log in to webex so, Michelle, the way it works is basically when you activate your account, there is an icon on your desktop called WebEx, and that that is essentially where your account will reside. Now, 
you're not going to use that for the meetings directly. You're just going to use Cloverhound. Cloverhound uses WebEx as a middleman to communicate between the doctor and the and, and the patient. So that Cloverhound app or portal, you want to leave it down. Don't use it. Just focus basically on the Cloverhound um, portal, which is the one with the link that we were demoing uh, this afternoon. Um, that's probably, is that what you were referring to? I, I guess so, yeah. So, well, Michelle, I, let me go ahead sorry. and um, but let's let's take a look at this. I'll take a look at this, make sure that you are getting directed to the applicable site. Because as, as what I understand, not everybody is actually live and active on the current WebEx site right at this moment in time. So that's something I'm trying to get figured out as well and see if that's in place. And okay. Yeah, Chris, be sure to loop me in if you have any questions on it as you meet with Michelle. Michelle, it sounds like you're already using WebEx to schedule meetings. The big difference is the URL I just posted um, or I posted earlier in the chat. That's where you're going to be logging into the site that you just saw today. And the advantages of that is being able to manage all of the different appointments that either are assigned to you or assigned to a location that you have permission to view. Being able to manage them, cancel them if you need to, schedule them if you need to, send notifications to those users. So it really is just kind of a, a better waiting room versus just the lobby that WebEx provides. No, no knocks on WebEx. It's just an added functionality to WebEx. And you're getting all of the really great functionality that WebEx Thick App provides with the scheduling that Cloverhound provides on our end. So it really goes hand in hand. But you would, moving forward, once we get all of the users set up in the Cloverhound site, you would use that same WebEx credentials to get logged in via the URL that I posted again. Um, and that's where you'll be managing everything uh, moving forward. Okay. All right, and I see, when will OS begin scheduling doctor appointments using Cloverhound? Um, I think uh, we wanted to make sure that the um, nurses and the doctors were comfortable with um, making sure that they're gonna be able to utilize the, the, the application. So uh, I wanted to give them next week for testing and kind of understanding, and then we'll basically open it up. So then appointments, new appointments can be transitioned over to there and set up. Does that answer your question, Kate? Uh, Renette, um, we are, uh, essentially, um, we're going live, uh, starting next week. Um, all the licenses or all the accounts should be set up and ready for you guys. So you guys can start, uh, transitioning over. This was, uh, sort of the last little, um, uh, go at it because we've been doing a lot of activities on the test side, making sure everything's working, functioning there, that's gonna get transferred over if uh, memory serves correct. And then the user accounts will then be applied, licensing's completed, and everybody will be ready come Monday morning, is my understanding. Any other Any questions? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, that's, I was asking the same question.
All right then. If there are any questions, please uh, email me. Um, email the help desk. Um, I'm trying to get some things done before next week. Um, some of you know I'll be taking my leave next week, so that was another reason why we're kind of doing this now. Um, Nina will be available and assisting to some degree, but she was doing a training today, so she was unable to make this this uh, um, this meeting. So or this training. So please reach out, um, send an email. Uh, we do everything we can to try and help. Anybody else want to say anything? Last uh, nice chance. If you could send the link to the recorded session, that'd be great. Absolutely. I'll be doing that after the call. Once it populates on my WebEx site, I'll get that out to everyone. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Just reading everything what Chris said. Send in questions. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Thank you, everybody.